0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 27th of October, 2020. I'm sure in probably most of the households representative people listening to this podcast, there are some rules. There are some things that that need to be done. There are some expectations that make life within the family or life within the home work. Yet, to many of these rules or these situations, we could probably think of some exceptions. Even in some cases, there might be some extreme exceptions. But there are some exceptions to the rule. For instance, I I think of when I put my kids to bed at night, I teach, especially the older ones that can understand and have the physical ability to get out of bed. I teach them to stay in bed unless there's a compelling reason to get out of bed and and ask for help that something has happened where they need mom and dad's assistance. And what I expect them to do is to keep that rule. And what we don't want to see in our homes is everyone get focused on the exceptions where every time it's all about the exceptions and so much about the exceptions that we forget about the rule entirely and the rule has basically no effect. Well, today I want to talk about one of God's rules and the exceptions to it and how we should do our best to keep our focus on the rule and not as much on the exceptions. And that's going to come from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 25. And this is the command right here in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. And we see there in verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. And we are living in, as you have heard many, many times this year, unprecedented times. It's unprecedented how many times the word unprecedented has been used in this year. And it does get us asking some questions. Well, hey, aren't there exceptions to this command? Hey, wait, this is first what? This is first Peter. Hmm, didn't Peter defy the governing authorities in Acts chapter 5 as he... As he openly preached the gospel when he was explicitly commanded by people that clearly had authority to put him in prison and he defied that authority and he did it anyways because as he famously said, we must obey God rather than man. Isn't that an exception? And isn't that kind of a question that has come up in the midst of 2020 when do churches or Christians need to draw a line and say no we're going to do this because we think God calls us to it and we have to obey God rather than man. There's some interesting questions to ask and answer there. Also, we it's good for us to remember when we think well what about what about bad rulers? What what about governors and emperors and uh, presidents or senators or whatever it might be that that aren't doing a good job or that aren't good people. It's a good reminder for us that most likely this letter was written when Emperor Nero was in charge of the Roman Empire and history reminds us um, he wasn't exactly a good guy known very famously for how he treated Christians and how he murdered Christians and blamed Christians and started persecution, where ultimately we're going to see people like Peter and like the apostle Paul lose their lives. So it's good for us to remember if Peter is saying this about Nero, okay, it probably applies to us. And then there's other questions we ask. Well, this was written in an empire where there was complete control in one man. The the emperor had All the control. We don't live in an empire and... I think we can add, thank God to that, we live in a constitutional republic. We live in the United States of America. And there are some interesting questions to ask there. What what does our constitution say? What rights do we have? Are there times where civil disobedience even on a political American perspective is, is appropriate or even the right thing to do? And what about so many conflicting authorities when we have city authorities and county authorities and state authorities and federal authorities and then probably even some miscellaneous things in there as well? What happens when there's conflicting uh, comments from one level of government versus another or one branch of government instead of another? And I could go on and on. So my encouragement today is going to try to be pretty simple. Focus on the rule, not the exceptions. And let's make sure that as Christians, we don't get so caught up in the exceptions that we forget the rule entirely. The rule is pretty straightforward. God expects us as his people for his sake and as his representatives to obey to the laws and to the leadership of our our authorities, our, our political authorities. That is the rule that God has given us. And so let's make sure as Christians, our number one heartbeat isn't just to lean into exceptions. Our number one heartbeat is to lean into what God has given us to do. And obviously there may be times where we might have to say, no, I need to obey God rather than man. But I would say if we look at the percentage of our lives and what that looks like, that's going to be the exception to the rule. Our heart should be, hey, I trust in God. And that's really what helps us do this. The next section moves on from government to uh, slaves and masters. And it, it tells the, the slaves, the servants, to be obedient to their masters, even to the bad ones, even to those that aren't acting justly to the unjust. And the reminder there is helpful where it says in verse 19, for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. And that's kind of the common denominator I want to highlight today is that as Christians, whether we look at political authorities or authorities kind of maybe in the workplace, we realize that God is above all of that. God is sitting on his throne and ultimately Every political authority is going to have to give an account to God. Every master, every employer, every one of them is going to have to give an account to God. And and that helps us to say, you know what? I'm going to trust God because that's what we have to remember. We will be accountable to God. And I think that should really guide us as we say, well, how does 1 Peter 2 apply to my life? I must remember, I am going to stand before God someday, and he's going to say, this is what I told you to do. Did you do it? And that should guide us in our thinking, realizing ultimately it's not about the government. It's not about my employer or whatever. I want to please God. And there may be times where, hey, to please God, I cannot do what I am being asked to do. But what will help us determine when those moments are? Remembering that we are accountable to God. We will stand before him. And that's where I love there in verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, right? It all comes down to we are people as Christians, we are God fearers. We are people that understand God is holy. He is there, he is watching. And we want to live to please him. So as we navigate continually these unprecedented times. May that be something that helps us. Our ultimate allegiance is to God. And we want to follow him and we want to follow the directions that he has given us. Now we see some interaction between a uh, prophet, uh, a man of God and political leaders as we go back today to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 35 and 36. And in chapter 35, an interesting story there, there's this family known as the Rechabites and Jeremiah kind of uses them as an object lesson that their father had given them instruction to not drink wine, to not build houses, not do these certain things, things that um, weren't necessarily, nowhere in the story does it say God commanded these things or that these were all the things that every faithful person in Israel should have done. But these people were told to do these things by their father. And because they obeyed their father, they're kind of used as an object lesson where God uses Jeremiah to say, look at these guys, look how they obeyed their father. Now look at you guys. Are you obeying your God? No. And therefore he says, hey, judgment is coming on you and I'm actually going to bless these guys for obeying their father. That's what goes on in verse 39. But in chapter 36, we see Jeremiah interacting in somewhat of a disconnected way, not necessarily directly, um, but interacting with the king. As he writes down the words, the scroll is eventually given to the king and the king cuts off the scroll, throws it into the fire as he is reading it and completely rejects the word of God that he was speaking through Jeremiah. And we see here Jeremiah really doing a good job, I think, of obeying First Peter chapter 2. We don't see Jeremiah speaking dishonorably or uh, doing anything just to stir up strife. He is simply just speaking God's word. He is obeying God. And we're reminded really of 1 Peter when it reminds us of the example of Jesus. That Jesus, again, his point wasn't just to correct this or correct that. He was actually willing to suffer and die, even though it was unjust. Because he wanted to honor his father. And and Jeremiah, we're going to see in him all the way to the end. Jeremiah will be mistreated. Jeremiah will be persecuted. But his goal is to be faithful to God. And to to continue to deliver God's word, even when that meant speaking truth and rebuking those in authority. We see him do it with respect, but we see him do it with the the word of God. Uh, And that's what he does. And we see a little bit of that in Jeremiah chapter 36 today. Moving on to the gospels today, we look at John chapter six and we read the account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And one of my favorite um, phrases in this account in John six, one to 15 is when Jesus asks Philip, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? And in verse six, it says that Jesus said this to test him for he himself knew what he would do. And I think those words should challenge us when we come up to situations in life where we say, well, how in the world am I going to do this? Especially when it's, how am I going to do this thing that I think God is calling me to do? I think it's still true that God, He, he already knows what he's going to do. But many times he wants to test us to see if we are going to trust in him, even though we might look out and see the equivalent of five loaves and two fish. That we would look to Jesus as, hey, you you are the one that is the great provider. You are the one that fed the 5,000. You are the one that can help me. So I don't know what you got going on this Tuesday. I don't know what's going on in your life this week. I don't know where you might feel like you have your back up against the wall. But God already knows what he is going to do. What are you going to do? Are you going to look to him in trust and in faith? Or are you going to rely on yourself and your own devices? May we look to God. And we're reminded of what we have when we look to God in Psalm 119 today, as we read probably the most familiar verse in the entire Psalm, as we look at verses 105 to 112 in the noon section, it begins, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's lean into the light of his word. And I love later in verse 110, where it says, the wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Even though it felt like the world was out to get him, his main point wasn't just to try to vindicate himself in the eyes of the world. It was to make sure he was being faithful to his God. And I feel like that kind of wraps everything up today as we go back to considering our command to obey the the governing authorities over us, to submit to those that are in charge of us in maybe more work-type relationships, that our heart in that is, God, what I want to do more than anything is I don't want to stray from your precepts. I want to please my heavenly Father. I want to do what He says, because I know that you're going to take care of bad governments. You're going to take care of bad bosses. You are in control and you will hold everyone accountable. And that also includes me, God. So God, I want to cling to your word. I want that to be the light unto my path. And I will follow you today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.